Good morning, everyone. Jim Laird live from you. This is the first day of where in the world is Jim Laird. And today, Jim Laird is in Pensacola, Florida. I am making my way uh, west and then south. So, um, so I'm probably going to record a couple of these um, and then have them post live during the regular lives because a lot of times, you know, it's like, who knows, internet connections and I'm going to be traveling and uh, where I'm going to be traveling, especially when I get down into uh, Mexico and into Guatemala and places like that. <clears throat> I don't want to be driving at night at all. So uh, I'm going to want to get as much day or much ground covered during the day as possible. So I might record some of these and put them on uh, on here. They'll post they'll post when the time, but it'll be pre-recorded. So we'll see how that works. And this is all kind of a giant experiment, which is kind of fun. Uh, tomorrow, actually, I'll be live with Miss Lauren, our nurse practitioner, and we're going to talk about virtual medicine. We're going to talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, some of the advantages. Um, a lot of people really don't understand um, what virtual medicine really is and, and who can use it and the advantages, the disadvantages of it and what we've learned from from working with people virtually. So we're going to talk about that. That'll be a fun little topic. And um, this week on our um, they don't even need any advertising, but they got some free advertising there. If you're listening on the podcast, I just drank a coffee with a giant logo on it. And I don't have the plastic lid on it today. Thank you for the person that called me out on that last time. Um, sometimes I even forget the little things. But that being said, uh, this week is a great, great, if you're not on our email list, this is a, it's a great topic this week how to manage being driven. Um, and, and, you know, we deal, most of the people in my career that I've dealt with are highly driven people. They're busy, you know, they're moms, they're entrepreneurs, they're CEOs, and, and all of a sudden they just, they get a result. They hit a wall. And so we have to help them reverse engineer things and get them in a better place and teach them a better management strategy so they don't end up in that place uh, anymore. And, uh, you know, it's just, you know, I've been working with a lady who's having a lot of problems with her neck, uh, with headaches, migraines, and, and we've been able to help her with her breathing mechanics. And, um, and she's had some great improvement. She's going in the right direction. She's, she's checking all the boxes. She's starting to manage her stress. And she's like, is this something I'm going to have to do for the rest of your li my life? I'm like, yes, <laughs> it is. You're going to have to do these simple breathing drills to keep you from getting stuck in the strategy that's causing you like with me. I'm naturally very extended, you know, arched, you know, that's kind of my structure, my shape. That's what I tend to go towards. I have to do certain things in my training to keep, to manage that strategy so I don't get stuck there. Okay. And this goes a lot to what we're talking about today. And the topic today, um, the topic today is I, I, you know, one of the cool things I've, I've got about 40 hours of driving to do here in the next week or two. So, the nice thing about that is I get to catch up with a lot of people I haven't had a chance to talk, uh, catch up with because it's great. And if you're listening to this and you're a friend of mine and you have my phone number, uh, drop me a text message. Uh, depending on where I'm at, you might have to get me on WhatsApp. But, uh, you know, give me a call. It's fun. To, it's fun to chat with people when I'm driving down the road. So if you know who, you know my number, uh, drop me a text message and uh, we can set up a time to chat while I'm driving uh, thousands and thousands of miles. Kind of helps the, the trip go by that you know since rommel can't really talk to me he just sleeps the whole time in the back seat but uh a friend of mine who's a, a really good sports coach the high school level 
he called me uh, yesterday and he was just like asking me, kind of picking my brain about injuries. And he, he's just, the, he says the amount of injuries that he's seeing is just catastrophic beyond belief. And this is no surprise to me. I've been talking about this for a long time, but I wanted to give my take on it. It's a little bit of a different take than most people. And I think the, one of the reasons why you're seeing these, these one is that they're, they're specializing kids in one sport way too early and the intensity is just, it's way too skill focused instead of developing athleticism. But the number one, and this applies to normal people too, is the lack of play and the lack of daily activity. Okay. So when children play, when they like, like we learn how to move or, or we learn our brains develop through, through movement essentially, you know, little babies on the back, looking, eyes are looking up and down, starts turning its head, you know, it, it starts moving in different ways. It figures out it can roll on its side. That helps develop the brain. And the brain is developed through play and movement. And so, you know, I was, most people don't know this, but I originally was an elementary school teacher. And when I started getting into studying this stuff on my own, um, I realized that uh, our, our education system is, is set kids up to really fail. Because children learn through play and games and they learn from modeling. And so what do we try and do? We try and sit these kids down in a desk, um, even in kindergarten now, they're trying to teach these kids, you know, rote learning. And that's not how children's brains work. Children need to move. They need to play. They need to experience things. That's how they move. So in our modern world, kids do not play outside anymore. And so what happens is, is they don't play on their own. And they don't like I rode bikes for hours when I was a kid. We played for hours. My aerobic engine was massive. Okay. And it was all unstructured. You know, you you leave a kid to his own devices with a bunch of friends. They're gonna run around like, you know, like they have an unlimited energy. The problem is is when you port, start putting them in structured drills that might be a little bit beyond their pay grade and they don't have a good aerobic engine, their body has to do strategies that or more emergency type strategies, which when you go into these emergency strategies, you don't have movement options. And that's when you get hurt or injured, you don't have the, the options to handle and distribute the stress, right? So the less options you have, the less variability you have, um, you know, the less variability you have, um, in, in your ability to adapt to that stress and Jim, Jim, uh, no surprise, uh, Africans are great runners. Yes, that is very true. But you know, you also got to remember they're doing tons of manual labor. Uh, and that's just part of their culture. They also do a lot of great plyometrics as well, but they, they do. Yeah. They do tons and tons of low level work. Uh, Coach summer and I are going to talk about this on Friday, but it's the, it's, if you remove that aerobic base and that learning, like children are playing on their own, they get on a picnic table, they jump off, they don't bend their knees when they, they don't absorb the force. Ouch, that hurt. They don't do it again. The next time they jump, they land softer, right? So a lot of these things like through wrestling and climbing fences and trees, kids kind of learn on their own how to basically manage themselves, right? And if you take that away, um, you know, Mark McLaughlin was really the first person to uh, a great, great strength coach. Uh, was the first person to really point this out to me when, you know, because this is early in my career and everything was about lifting and everything is about, and he says, look, man, take their resting heart rate. And I noticed there were kids with like 80, 90, 100 resting heart rates. And I see this all the time with 10, 11 year old soccer players. And they come in, they've got these really high resting heart rates because 
everything they're doing is coached. Everything they're doing is high intensity. They're all racing each other in these drills. So they're, they're never getting enough low level activity. And the parents always look at me really funny. And they're like, why aren't we working these kids till they vomit? Like, why aren't we like, I'm like, they're already getting enough intensity. They're playing, you know, everything's competition, everything's drills, everything's coached. I'll have them do manual labor. I'll have them do bear crawls. We'll do all sorts of crawling on the floor. We'll do different circuits of things, pushing prowlers. And all of a sudden in two or I said, just give me two or three weeks. All of a sudden these kids are moving better on the field. They're able to drop their hips. They're able to get in positions they couldn't get into because we, we gave them some different options and we raised their aerobic engines. So they're not having to, they're not having to go into an emergency strategy to do really basic things. Like I've seen kids that are 10 and 11 years old that are using strategies that like a power lifter would use just to do basic functional things. Like, you know, like having them stand there and put their arms like here and raise one knee and they can't do it. They have to arch really hard to do it. And, and, you know, in an emergency, that's great. But if you can't stand on one foot without arching your back really hard, that's a problem, right? So getting them on the floor or fire hydrants, knee circles, just all sorts of carries, low level things. This is nothing, nothing, no rocket science, but you can really improve someone's overall fitness and health just by doing low level manual labor, simple things like mowing the grass, going for walks, getting down on the floor and moving around in the, in the, the. Fundamentals Wellness Masterclass course, I have mini circuits that I, that I encourage people to do a, a mini circuit every day. It doesn't have to be anything insane. And, and the same thing goes for, um, and, and most of the people that I deal with, that I've worked with, they have an issue. It's usually because they can't turn musculature off. Okay. There's a time and place to use structural muscles but you also have to be able to turn it off. And most of the problems I see is because people are breathing with their neck and their lats and their traps, and they're not breathing with the diaphragm system because they can't get in the right shape to let that system work. So they're having to use a strategy that's an emergency strategy just to function, right? And that's why when people go to physical therapy and they put them on, you know, they got a knee issue or whatever, they put them on a bike uh, and they just have them pedal, it raises their ability to, to produce energy. It raises their overall fitness and it gives them a bigger window. Uh, and it, it raises the threshold. So they're not having to walk around, you know, wired all the time. And so it kind of, it indirectly fixes the issue just by improving general fitness. Right. And so if you can get someone's general fitness up a little bit, um, the chances of them being in pain are much less, um, you know, a good friend of mine, uh, Dr. Sarah, Sarah Martin, she's a double doctor. She talks about most of the people with pelvic floor issues. It's not that they can't contract their pelvic floor. They can't turn it off. Right. So a lot of people are walking around with this, like women, particularly this pelvic floor that's on and they can't get it to relax. And the same thing goes for most people today because they don't do enough manual labor. They don't do enough low level activity. And they, they, they've lost variability in their actual skeleton. They're using strategies to breathe that are emergency strategies. It'd be kind of like driving around in a manual transmission on the highway in second gear. It's just, you know, so you have to bring in low level activity. A lot of times you got to take the intensity away for a little bit and you got to bring in more low level activity and you got to, you got to teach people to relax and then you can build capacity back onto that. And then you can throw intensity in. And you'll be able to handle that intensity because you have the ability to produce the energy you need because you have an aerobic engine and you have movement options.
this is a really hard concept for people to understand. Um, most people are just like, well, you're not in shape. Uh, we just got to do more. And here's a, here's a, here's a really good example of, of when more is, is bad. Um, and I, I've seen this, you know, time and time again, this is an extreme example, uh, consulted with a lady who has had shortness of breath her entire life and started asking questions. Um, and she kind of has that sway back, which is the pooch belly. Okay. And she, she, she was an athlete. And of course she had a really high resting heart rate, high blood pressure, tightness in the chest. And her coaches said, well, you're just not in very good shape. Okay. So you need to do more cardio. You need to run more. Well, the more she ran, okay, the worse she got. And they just will run more, run more. Fast forward years and years and years, she ends up having uh, a particular health issue where she had to have her, her colon removed. Uh, and they ended up removing her pelvic floor as well. So she already had guts that were pushing down and forward, right? Down and forward. So when you push the guts down and forward, the top crushes. Okay. So, so the more cardio she did, the more like a trash compactor there was now with this surgery, she's got nothing holding that up. So it's dropping all the way down and it's the double trash compactor, right? So she's getting, if you've ever watched star Wars and, um, they're in the trap, they're in that, the trash thing and the, the walls start closing in. This is this poor lady. So they're telling her, you know, her resting heart rate was almost a hundred blood pressure off the chart, respiratory rate, one of the highest I've ever seen. They tell this lady, you need to do more. So she's doing elliptical. She's doing stair stepper. And the more she does, the tighter her chest gets. So I'm like, look, you got to stop doing standing stuff. You need to walk enough to be good at walking, but you don't need to be doing walking for exercise. You need to get a recumbent bike, which is a seated, seated bike where the pedals are out in front of you. It's a big seat that's going to give the pelvic floor it's going to give her, well, it's going to give her an artificial pelvic floor. It's going to hold her guts up at least so they're not crashing down. You need to ride that bike at a low intensity of 20, 30 minutes, a couple times a week. And we started doing one drill. I usually try and give people one drill and most people won't do it. Right. So I'm not going to give people a thousand things. I'd rather give people one thing and have them master it. So I had her do crocodile breathing, which is face down. She'd have her lay on the bed, put a pillow under her belly. That takes gravity out of the, the equation. Her guts are not coming down. And so it spreads it out. And so focusing on opening the chest and opening the upper back up. Okay. She started doing that a couple months ago. She noticed her heart rate started coming down instantly. Uh, all of her strength training now, every, anything she does is, is basically designed. Like she's doing everything on her back. Everything is seated nothing standing because she's got nothing holding herself up and so that guts are coming down she's getting crushed so at least if we can do things on the floor and then we started doing some almost inverted child's pose where she pushes back and then she walks her hands back a little bit it's almost a mini headstand to get the guts going forward to open the chest up so she can breathe better and, and her numbers have, are dramatically better um so so a lot of times you have to look at these things from a little bit different perspective and intensity many times will actually make a lot of people worse. So you have to know when to push and when not to. And if you don't have a good aerobic base, if you don't have good movement options, um, 
chances are you're going to end up in trouble. And then you've got to know your structure and you've got to know um, how the body strategizes. And once you know that, you can reverse engineer things. It's really interesting. <clears throat> uh, Bill Hartman said something the other day on one of his podcasts about high-level athletes. <clears throat> like, say you have a sport that requires like eight different attributes. Maybe it's like elastic explosive power or this or that or this or that. And you have somebody like, you know, LeBron James, who's gifted, who has, you know, seven out of the eight properties, right? He only has to develop one of those properties in order to be exceptional because he's already, he's got seven out of the eight. Those are your freaks. Those are your people that are absolute freak shows that, you know, your Bo Jacksons, your Deion Sanders, those kind of guys, they've got everything checked off just genetically who they are, right? Then you've got other people that only have four or five and they have to develop multiple uh, characteristics in order to be able to compete. And a lot of times it's just not enough. You know, so a lot of times in athletics, anyways, success is based on structure, who your parents are, uh, that sort of thing. And that's another problem with the with the, the American sports system. We put kids into sports that their structure really is probably not ideal for them. You know, everybody goes into soccer, everybody. My formula for children is you let those suckers crawl on the floor and play and roll around. You let them climb on things. You let them fall off things. You let them, you know, obviously we want to. We don't want anybody like splitting their head open or anything, but kids learn through failure and you, you try and get them to play as much as possible. And then you need to put them in three different things. Well, actually four. Um, well, they need to learn how to swim one. So they don't drown if they fall in the water. Um, and it's funny, babies will instinctively, you know, save themselves. It's really interesting, but gymnastics, low level, not competition gymnastics, but every kid should do gymnastics. Every kid should do either wrestling or jujitsu because they need to know how to defend themselves. They need to move around in weird ways. Okay. Uh, women, girls in particular, I think every girl, every young girl should learn jujitsu. You know, that's super, super important for them. They need to be in some sort of field sport, um, soccer, or, you know, uh, something, you know, for, you know, something where they throw things and it doesn't have to be at a competition level. Um, so they need to learn how to track a ball and all these different. That's why phys ed, when I was growing up, you did everything. I mean, we did badminton, we did volleyball, we did, we did everything, basketball. We did all the sports. It was part of the phys ed program. Everybody took gymnastics. And you don't have to be competition at it. You just need to develop all these different skills. Um, so let's see. Uh, gymnastics, wrestling or jujitsu, and then soccer or, uh, you know, something, something like that, tennis, Something that involves, you know, tracking things and that's going to give you a really good foundation of movement. And then as people do that, you're going to figure out what kids are, you know, your, your long, your longer, skinnier kids are going to be more, you know, track and field or wide receiver in football or basketball. Um, you know, your shorter blockier guys like me are going to be shot putters, offensive linemen, Roman Greco wrestlers. Um, you know, you start looking at shapes. Right. And because you look at the Olympics and everybody's pretty much built the same. Like if you go to the swimming, they're all necessarily built the same. The 100 meter sprinters are either like Hussein Bolt or Ben Johnson. They're either squatty and they have a great start or they're like uh, Hussein Bolt where they reel you in at the end. There's two basic shapes to that. But most of the Olympic athletes look the same. That doesn't mean there's not going to be a few exceptions from time to time. You've got sports like football where the mental component is super, super um 
uh, important. So you got people that might not be as good athletically, like a guy like Steve Largent, who played for the Seattle Seahawks, was slow as molasses, but man, he could run routes. He, he could break people's legs by the way he could run a route. And that's, you know, guys like that. Even Jerry Rice, you know, Jerry Rice was not the fastest guy in the world, but he ran great routes. He blocked. I mean, he was just, a, he was a, he was in, in his incredible shape. So to sum it up, children need to play. That's it. I mean, I don't have kids. Uh, I've mentored a ton of kids, but the more you can get kids outside and playing, and, I, and I've had parents, um, well, I can't get them to, to get off the screen. I can't get them to get off. I said, well, go out and play with them yourself, and then you'll find that they will play on their own once you go out and play with them, right? And then over time, they... Uh, Yes, Jim, that's that's essentially when I grew up in Canada, um, Jim comments sounds like what they used to teach P in school. That is correct. It's it's physical education. And that's one of the reasons so many kids are struggling uh, academically today as well, because movement is essential, especially for older folks as well. Movement is essential for learning. That's how your brain works. Your brain, you learn better when you move and you do different things and different activities. Um, and and children need movement and they need physical activity and we've taken that out of the system we've turned them into little adults and even adults need to go out and play and do fun things they need to move around you need to get up and down off the floor every day i tell people that are older if, if you don't do anything at all just lay down on the floor roll to your right stand up get back down on the floor roll to the left stand up if you want to really make it fun switch legs when you get up you know, make sure you're not always getting up with the same leg, get up with the other leg. The act of doing that every day will buy you tons of insurance for your health. Like, just think about it. If you're over like 60, when's the last time you got on the floor and got up and down? And that's why a lot of people that I've worked with, as they get older and they start having grandchildren, they, they get down on the floor and play with them and they'll say, well, I feel, I'm feeling better now. These aches and pains that I used to have are kind of going away. And I'm like, yeah, you got down on the floor and you moved around in different ways. You like, you, you moved your guts and you got fluid into areas where you haven't had in a while. Right. So, um, it's so important and, and we have to, Lee Taft, I'll probably get him on the show here eventually, but Lee Taft has, you know, been a warrior, uh, about changing the, the current athletic development system in the United States and, and the way, you know, like some of these things like AAU and these year round soccer programs are just not in the best interest of the athlete. And uh, we, we need to change that. You know, we need to build a good base foundation and then steer these kids into the sport that they're most ideally suited for. And then, but what happens to most kids is they start soccer at five. And then by the time they're 16, 17, they've only played one sport. And uh, they're bound and determined to be a soccer player, but they don't have the right structure for it. You know, so it's kind of like trying to take a forerunner to the Indianapolis 500 doesn't work out real well or, you know, take a Corvette off road. So most people don't even think about these things, but it's, it's very important. And that's why having a broad based, just like in school, you wouldn't throw it like you wouldn't throw somebody who's never had a general education into a Ph.D. program. And, you, you know, I, I would hope you wouldn't put kid a kid just in math. I hope you would expose them to some other things. Um, but we need to do the same thing with movement. And we need to get movement back in. We need to get play back in. We need to get, get kids playing outside again. And, uh, 
you know, unfortunately with technology and everything we were doing is pulling us inside. It's going to be an uphill battle. But, um, you know, if you're watching this and you're a parent, you know, do the best you can to to get your kids outside. And then and then please just like, you know, try and not put these kids in year round sports. You know, mo, mo, the vast majority, only, you know, only half a percent of the kids that are that are playing sports today, maybe even less than that, are going to actually make money off the sport. So kids are kids should be playing sports to develop character, develop ethic, to learn how to function as a team, to love and and uh, physical activity, to enjoy it. Um, most of these kids are not going to make it to the next level. I mean, just to make it to college is is like a huge accomplishment. So we need to set these systems up so that we give these kids a good foundation so they have, you know, healthy movement habits and healthy a healthy um, relationship with exercise and activity for the rest of their life. And, and business is like hiring athletes. So, but, you know, if you're a parent, just try, you, you might, in the short term, your par- your kids are probably going to get ostracized. But, you know, if they do, if you do do a travel, you know, a travel team or something like that, just make sure they have an off season. You know, play another sport in the off season. Do something else. My, I would have volleyball girls that would play year round. They literally would just get done with uh, with their their competitive volleyball season, and they would get two days off. Some of them wouldn't even get a day off. They'd go straight into tryouts for club, and they would play that. I mean, we sat down on a calendar with one girl: knees, ankles, everything hurting, shoulder hurting, and she literally. They, I think, she had like less than a week off in the whole year. I mean, she had multiple practices a week, you know, plus the stress of going to school. And so, you know, we would compromise with like, okay, you know, you're getting better coaching in club. You're playing against better competition. Let's take, let's not play in high school where it's not as good a competition. You're not as getting as good a coaching. And let's, let's do some, you know, let's strength train and and do some different things to develop certain uh, physical attributes and maybe do some other fun thing, do a martial art or something for fun. Uh, you know, to, to develop some different things. And, and that gives you a, a rest from the competitive season and the grind of practice and competing you know, every weekend in like, you know, eight or 10 games. And the ones that would buy into that in the long run would just decimate the other girls because as they go into the season, they've had good solid strength training program. that's uh, based on improving overhead movement uh, that isn't just based on squats, deadlifts and, you know, not that there's anything wrong with those, but you know, a lot of the traditional strength training movements take away from people's ability to go overhead. So they worked with somebody who understands the needs of an overhead athlete. They don't have all the joints. Their knees aren't hurting. They haven't played other. They do skill work. They'll, they'll, they'll do skill work once or twice a week uh, just to stay fresh, but uh, it's not hours and hours. And then they come back and they're hungry and they want to, they want to, you know, they want to go out there and dominate. Whereas a lot of the kids, it's like they go from high school to club and they're just like, oh, my gosh, everything hurts. Oh, my gosh. Where, you know, you, you have the kid do something else for a little while. Uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, they go back to the sport and they're just on fire for it. They fresh. They're ready to go. Um, their, their joints have gotten to take a little bit of a break. We've gotten to develop some some different strategies. If they struggle with landing or if they struggle with force production, we can work on those things. And, you know, and a lot of the kids that uh, that I worked with at a young age now developed a passion for for coaching, you know, and, uh, you know, they really like three or four of them uh, that I worked with are now, you know, coaches at a, a fairly high level 
because they were got exposed to that and they really enjoyed it. So there's a few thoughts for you. We'll be on here. I hope the audio was okay. Uh, we're learning. We'll be on here tomorrow. I don't know where I'll be. Uh, I think I'll be in New Orleans tomorrow. That's my goal anyways, to get to New Orleans. I have a in-person visit I'm going to be doing in New Orleans. So uh, tune in for that. Miss Lauren and I are going to talk about uh, virtual virtual medicine. And then get on our get on our email list. Go to stillmanwellness.com and uh, just put your name in there. Get on our email list. We we normally would send out uh, Monday Monday Wednesday the link, uh, but now we're just going to do it on Wednesday, and and uh, we might throw it in there on Friday as well. But we'll be on the lookout for that link on on Wednesday nights to get on uh, for our free lesson that we do. That's going in the course. Uh, I think you'll find it valuable. If you have any suggestions about things you'd like us to cover in that, just let us know. We'd love to. We love providing tons of information, and we want to reward you for being on our email list. So have yourself a great day, and uh, don't forget to get outside.